Welcome to Dynasty as they want to be a podcast where we drill into every episode of the iconic 1980s television series, Dynasty. I'm your host, Derek J. Lang, and with me is my co-host and husband, Kyler K. Jafari. Hey, how are you? Happy New Year. Or happy end of the last decade. Yeah, I'm still confused what over drag whether... What through 2019 was. Uh, I'm excited to live in the 20s now, though. Woo-hoo. I don't know how roaring they will be, but I suppose we shall find out. So tell us about this cocktail you've prepared for the first episode of 2020. It looks very colorful. Yeah, so in this episode, Alexis decides to get on a jet plane to Acapulco. Well, she's coming back from Acapulco unfortunately we don't get to see her in Mexico my point being instead of like celebrating the baby I guess she decided Acapulco was the place to be I mean it seems sort of insensitive but you know Alexis is her own woman and she's got her own agenda so she needed to hit the reset button it's fine so anyway I was I was inspired by the time period as well as the vacation destination and we've been sipping on some lovely tequila sunrises over here. Aye, aye, aye. Which is sort of a once-in-a-while drink. I mean, it's a little too on the uh, mm, sweet and sickly side, but if you've got a bottle of tequila in your liquor cabinet, there's not much you can do with it other than, what, make margaritas, have shots. I suppose you could make palomas, but... That's sort of like a recent drink that people have discovered. So well, what I like about here's this an oldie is, bit of goodie. This is the time of year where everybody's suffering with colds, and we just need some vitamin C in our lives. And I think a tequila sunrise is a great way to inject that into your system. Yeah. So anyway, um, stir your sunrise, and you know, welcome Suck it to down. 2020. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Well. We want to first apologize to the loyal listeners. We know our posting schedule has been a little off because of the holidays, but we're back and better than ever. And we want to provide, well, we actually, I have some naughty news and I have some nice news. Kyler, which do you think I should deliver first? Well, are you going to be able to deliver on the naughty news? Oh, yeah. Because you can't tease that. And it's not that. naughty in a good way, and unfortunately. Well, then why are we talking about it? Well, I just want to let everybody know that Dynasty is no longer streaming for free for Amazon Prime members. That's not naughty. That's terrible. I know. I'm really, really upset about it. And I want to launch like a social media campaign. I don't know why if the license just went up for... Oh, I know why. Why? It's because of our damn podcast. <laughs> you think we're to blame? Yes. Everybody is now trying to get that free dynasty. And they're like, no, no, we're going to start charging if you want to enter. Oh, my gosh. I love this conspiracy you see, theory. You like, how, you like how I turn this around? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so you that... were about to like go on some stupid like Insta rage or Twitter funk or whatever you were organizing over there. Well, I do want people to tweet Amazon and let them know that it should be part of the membership. And if they're not going to make it, then don't pay for it through Amazon Prime. Go get it on iTunes or somewhere else. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I need to plot this out a little bit better. I just know hashtag justice for dynasty. That's all I know. <laughs> Who's Dynasty and why she need justice? Hmm. Coming to the stage, Dynasty. Dynasty. 
Yeah, so sorry out there. I know it sucks, but there are other ways to watch the show. So you can buy the episodes. You can buy the seasons. It Box sets are still available. We do have one, of course, and it is a great way to watch it because it doesn't do that like automatic go into the next episode thing. So Yeah, because maybe I just want to soak in the, the ending credits and just have my silence after that i don't need to go directly right into the next episode right your heart needs a break it can't take it and you might need to go make another cocktail so are you ready for my nice news um sure well i've already i've already told you this so you know but are you sitting down not you should i be standing up no i want everybody to sit down for this news I still can't believe that this happened, and I don't Does driving know. a car qualify as sitting down? E- no, pull over. Okay. I just wanted to make sure we got... I don't want any lawsuits later. <laughs> so the news is that I had a glorious phone conversation with the one, the only, Dame Joan Collins. And she hung up after the first two words. She's like, who is this? Don't call me ever again. (laughs) No, she didn't hang up. In fact, we had a great conversation. She was just as Joan as you would want Joan to be. She corrected me on some things and she placated me and answered. We need a lot of correction. (laughs) She placated me and uh, answered some probing questions and other questions. She said she didn't remember things. So... Basically, what's happening is uh, I don't talk about it a lot on the podcast, but I am a professional journalist. So I was speaking with her for a story for Palm Springs Life magazine. Now, Kyler, you have not heard this conversation. Do you have any questions for me about what it was like to speak with the one, the only Dame Joan Collins? I would rather just let the interview speak for itself. I don't I don't want you influencing my perspective. Well, you'll be happy to know and the listeners will be happy to know that I am going to release some of the selected audio from the interview as a uh, bonus episode. It doesn't quite make sense for it to be in just a normal episode. So my Christmas Kwanzaa Hanukkah Happy New Year's gift to everybody is to get to hear Dame Joan Collins talk about the thing that we all love, Dynasty. It'll be coming out soon, so make sure you're subscribed so you can hear me and Joan go head to head. And it was on the phone, so she couldn't slap me, so that was good. So that's all my good news and bad news. Kyler, do you have anything else to add uh, beginning with 2020? Well, I didn't gain any weight this holiday season, and I didn't make any resolutions. So, ta-da, 2020, hello. Well, without further ado, let's get into this week's episode, The Gun. Pow, pow. Welcome back. So... I guess Claudia Blaisdell didn't kill herself because we start the episode back in that freaking hospital dealing with oh Fallon's God. paternity and the baby and all of this. I feel like if Claudia had pulled the trigger, we probably would have started with the crime scene or her being wheeled into the hospital. But nope, we just get to see little baby Carrington Colby who still doesn't have a name and this uh, doesn't sit right with Jeff. I'm asking you is let me put a name on the birth certificate and be done with it. I've gone over this in my head a thousand times. Blake Carrington Colby. 
Name him what you want. I don't care. What do you mean you don't care? Call him anything you want. What's wrong with you, huh? I mean, why can't you be happy that he's a... Get off my case, okay? No, it's not okay, damn it. None of this is okay. Fallon's looking better, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, she, you know, she got the VO5 hot oil treatment. She's out of bed and she's starting to feel like a mother, I guess, she decided. So there is that. But also, I I think that the real issue going on here is this is not a show about a gun. I don't know why it's titled that. And it's <laughs> certainly not a show about, you know, Fallon becoming a mother finally or accepting being a mother. It's... It's sort of about prostitution in all of its forms. What? I know, right? Um, but it's- You're coming out of the gate with a hot take. First episode of the new year. Okay, I'm here well, for Well, I don't it. know how hot it is, but it's a steaming pile of something. So anyhow. Well, I shouldn't implicate Fallon in this one. I mean, she's just doing her, her motherly duty. So she's, she's off the hook for this episode. But Claudia obviously is being called out in, you know, later in the episode by... Cecil for being a pro like he says that she's a prostitute and and of course Blake comes back and says well you know you're the pimp and smashes him in the face well, and a few episodes ago she did say herself that she felt like a prostitute going through this whole corporate corporate oil shale espionage well I think this is an interesting dynamic to like pull out of the of this episode because it does resonate with the larger idea of greed and wealth and amorality in the 1980s and how this show sort of was like very good at reflecting that if you think about it prostitution is not just selling out i mean that's that's an easy like we all know what selling out is right that's a common common theme today but prostitution is actually actively offering yourself up for because you are greedy and you want the money and you want the things that you want and that's very much sort of like this this way that morals are sort of thrown out the window um certainly in this show if not even in this time period, at least. So Claudia is sort of called out for being a prostitute by Cecil, but that's sort of just the tip of the iceberg, right? You've got, you know, the Sammy Joe is uh, out uh, canoodling with the photographer in Hollywood. Yeah, so she didn't go to charm school. She went to 12 Hollywood Boulevard to the <laughs> Ace Hudson Photograph Studio to become famous and make something of herself right and this is of course where steven busts in through the door of of course in flagrante delicto as all soap operas dictate like he's only gonna walk in when she's like making out with the photographer who's like totally harvey weinsteining her uh she has to explain to him that no no you're i i didn't come out here because i wanted the money your mother offered that money you should be thanking me instead of looking at me that way thanking you for what your dear mother asked me to sign a piece of paper and you know what that paper would make you out to be a fag what are you talking about i to me that doesn't make it any worse or any better I think she's clearly a greedy character who's after what she wants. And she kind of makes that, you know, pretty obvious to Steven because like, he's like, well, I need you. And she's like, I don't need you because you can't give me the things that I want, which well, you know subtext what? could be sex because he's possibly still homosexual. We still don't know. But really, of course, it's about he couldn't give her the money and the lifestyle that she thought she would get. Well, we need to talk about his sexuality table. again because we didn't really touch on it too much in last week's episode because there was so much but this agreement that 
um, Sammy Joe was going to sign, she said now twice that it would have made him look like, and I quote, a fag. A fag. Which is pretty shocking to hear on network television. Like, I know that, you know, slur gets used in film and things all the time over the years, but on network television, on ABC out of sweet little well, Heather Locklear's Given mouth? what we know about how the writers were pressured to sort of alter this character, I can only presume in a meta way, because obviously this isn't really from the story or what you're seeing on the screen, but I think this was like sort of their way of like justifying that as like being able to have a character call him out and say that to him, his wife least of all. But as far as we know, they have had sex. I mean, they've talked about how hot their sex life is we've seen them in bed without shirts on so i don't which, know which as we know in like 1980s television production implies like hot sex yeah sure 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 yeah i don't it just seemed to have sort of come out of nowhere and that isn't really alexis's attention um that really isn't alexis's intention with this whole plot line she just wants this cheap money grubbing tramp out of the house. It doesn't really have anything to do with his sexuality. In fact, Alexis has said like maybe he would have been happier if he would have just stayed gay. So I don't know. The whole thing is really unsettling, but I do like the fact that Crystal did say to Steven, look, I wasn't against the marriage. I'm against the fact that my niece has turned out to be a gold digger. Yeah. And I, I like the fact that both Crystal and, Alexis, although they'll never be aligned personally, both wanted Sammy Joe gone. And it's interesting to watch how the two of them go about it. Yeah, because, very differently. Yeah, very different methods. And this is another classic example of Alexis, like, should be an uber villain, but just she just can't get it together. Like, she starts a new, a, a, starts to weave a new web and she gets tangled up in it. And here we are again with, like, now Steven knows what his mother's been up to and mm -hmm. she's already like pissed off Fallon like probably forever or at least for a good long while and so now she's probably about to alienate Steven over this that she's been devising is as much as we love this character again like she just she's not all powerful the way that she wants to be in the way that she acts you know yeah no Alexis certainly is not and even Blake comes over to her artist studio and calls her out I think this whole going to Acapulco thing and coming back was a reset for her she realizes she's got to do damage control well she kind of did a classic Alexis thing where she just kind of went away and hopes things would blow over and then she comes back you know after Acapulco and I love that like like a lady enters purse first, but Alexis enters the mansion pinata first. Donkey pinata first. <laughs> and, which, like the image of like like Joseph, the the malicious majordomo, like holding this this unwanted donkey pinata. You can take this donkey and stick it wherever you see fit. Also, like I'm just thinking, what is this this like three week old? or Fallon or both of them going to do with a pinata. <laughs> it's it's another this in a way it all feeds back into Alexis's character because she's like kind of a, a little bit out of touch about motherhood and like what's appropriate to give to somebody or to a child at a you know like because she's she has no reference for age appropriate um you know it's like giving i don't know legos to a, a six-month-old it's the same idea like you know things are appropriate and did 
And did she check that pinata or was it a carry on? <laughs> well, that's another fun image, like Alexis and, and you know, in the first class section with her pinata. Maybe she bought its own seat. She bought seat. it its own seat, right? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, but I, I think the point of all of this is that I don't know what the point of all this is. <laughs> I'm just going to have somewhere of my tequila sunrise. Well, yeah, and nobody's forgot anything just because she went to Acapulco. (laughs) Like, Crystal, she kind of is back to her old self, I think, after their fisticuffs. But she has a a moment with Blake in the bedroom where she's like, I'm done. Like, you have to do something to get Alexis out of here. And Blake's, you know, just tries to sidestep it. She owns the deed, the property. Uh, where the artist studio is. So there's nothing I can do. His main concern is this whole paternity thing. And yeah, um, Blake's got bigger problems right now. Yeah. I think he just wants to pin down whether he is or isn't the father. And, you know, a lot of time is spent talking to Fallon about that. And she, she wants to know. So, Let's go to Dr. Mari Povich. Right. So we are re-engaging in some more, you know, quackery at the Dynasty Hospital. I swear, Dr. Nick Toscani has his hands in every part of that hospital, considering he's only he's, worked there for yeah, three days. Yeah, he's birthing babies. He's administering psychological advice. He's, you know, doing the blood tests. He even said he would take some blood for the blood bank, too. At some point, we are being taken advantage of as an audience by lazy writers. But okay, fine. So I, but what, what is extra offensive is what is this blood test situation with Cecil and Blake? Like, first of all, would you even administer a blood test in the same room with two, two different people at one time? I don't think that uh, adheres to HEPA requirements or regulations. I'm still wondering, like, did they switch the blood while they were in there? I mean, that, you know, there, there's all kind of villainy that's like, well, honey, this isn't general hospital. Okay. They keep everything above board at the Denver hospital, whatever it's called. Memorial, I'm sorry. This place is a hospital. mental hospital. I mean, then the inmates are running the show at this point. Like, I don't understand, but it's fine. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously Dr. Nick Toscani should have been disbarred long ago, but going along with this, they do the blood test and, Shock of shocks, it turns out that Blake Harrington is actually Fallon's father. Was this a surprise? Not really. And no. it's this is another like, you know, fake present blowing up in Jokey Smurf's face. Like Alexis just got herself into even more hot water with this one because the only way she was gonna get redeemed with her daughter was if it turned out Colby really or Cecil Colby was really her father. Not that that would have made it that much better between the two of them, but at least it wouldn't look like she was manipulating her. Uh, But at this point, like Alexis, like she just, she can't help herself. But again, she's in damage control. She convinced Cecil Colby to go do the blood test. And at the same time, it's kind of reigniting that flame. I mean, I know they just fucked you know, a couple of weeks oh, yeah. ago. But. Cecil's like, it's like, oh, let's go to lunch at the St. Dennis Club. And I was like, oh my God. I, what is the menu like at this place? I I have to wonder because... Well, they serve a great Key Royale. The salads are not that great, according to Claudia Blaisdell. Yeah, Claudia could give a shit about the salads. I believe she said in her Yelp review, they're meaningless, as is friendship, family, and the city of Denver itself. So GTFO, lady. But, you know, (laughs) anyway, here we are, the St. Dennis Club again, having some more lunches. And, yeah, I like that uh, Cecil wants a mulligan on 
a, a failed marriage proposal from 20 years ago or something? I mean, or did we establish when, how long ago were they married? I mean, uh, she, Alexis has been gone for 16 years, but how long were they married before that? You know, I'm like trying to do the mental. I don't know. I think we'd have to go do another blood test, but I imagine that shortly before Fallon was conceived. Um, so maybe 20 25 years i don't know yeah something like that but anyway and i guess i i thought when alexis was introduced that she really did have designs on blake and i don't really know where oh, that of course sits she did. because now she's she's just decided oh cecil yes like oh if we had it to do all over again of course i would marry you and not blake and i don't know what's going on in alexis's head but i think that she's shifted from that strategy i don't i think she sees that Blake isn't up for grabs, at least not now. Maybe she'll circle back around on that. But here you've got Cecil Colby, mouthful of marbles, pants full of you know what, and she's just raring to go. She's lonely. She needs somebody to help her drink all those bottles of champagne she's Actually, stolen. I, I don't know what. Tell me what are his pants full of. <laughs> Well, anyway, back to Claudia. She is hell-bent on exacting revenge. And I like that we finally get to see into the crazy mind of Claudia Blaisdell. There's only been little bits and crumbs of her unhinged nature. But here we see she's imagining a young Lindsay Blaisdell running through a field. And then Colby's there to pick her oh, up. This, and she's, she's not imagining. This is, this is like a mental health moment on the mountaintop. She's, so she's really shooting guns at trees in the middle of nowhere yeah i interpreted it as such i mean i'm sure that happens a lot outside denver yeehaw i mean it is the wild wild west right and crazy the, women shooting guns but this is what i get aggravated about this character in this moment because i love claudia i love pamela bellwood doing claudia and i love what claudia has been doing up until this point but like she's just kind of like the writers have left her to languish as this like chess piece and Cecil Colby's very half-baked not very good plan well and her family has been in limbo it seems like for years like are Matthew and Lindsay alive or are they not alive even when she goes over to that machine that giant teletype what what was that thing it's a telex machine it's I don't know it's like Instagram from a hundred years ago or something. Yeah, it definitely seemed like a supercomputer. And yeah, she basically read a text message that said Matthew and Lindsay are dead. It's interesting because up until this point, I sort of had like a fan fiction thing in my mind that Cecil actually was just making all this up about knowing where Matthew and Lindsay were. They were actually just living around the corner. Right. <laughs> Cecil had them like locked up in his attic or something. I don't know. But it, you can't trust anything this guy says, so uh, you haven't seen anything else in this show to indicate that they really are anywhere. So I just kind of sort of took that all with a grain of salt, and I thought she was kind of being a bit of a sucker to, you know, but also she had probably nothing else to believe in, so I get that. Yeah. So I like that this Telex machine just comes from out, uh, on high. Well, you could it's, have hacked into it. It is like almost like literally a deus ex machina in a way. It is a machine from God that just decides it's going to spit out this piece of information to to Claudia. And this is your affirmation as the audience that, oh, yeah, Cecil's not BSing. Like, they really are, or at least Matthew probably is, somewhere. 
and Central America mm-hmm. because here's like a third party, you know, ghost of a machine telling her this and uh, so much information. Although it's interesting because like she kind of draws this conclusion that because the message says that the Jeep overturned and burned, you know, burned up, that that somehow indicates that Lindsay was in the Jeep, but she's not mentioned in this message and that Matthew yeah, clearly the was telegraph burned up all. So like, I don't know how she definitive. goes from, from the, it's like, did wait, did she like secretly just need, she needed like to just like be done with these two. And she's like, Oh, the Jeep burned. Well, I guess they're gone. Now I can have my tragedy and move on. Well, like, not only I don't know, it's, not only that, but it's sending her on a murderous rage. So she's going to take her gun that in last week's episode she was going to blow her brains out with. Now she's going to go track down Cecil Colby and blow his brains out in, in revenge, even though she's not seen where the bodies are buried or if there are bodies. Yeah, and I, I wasn't really sure. Maybe it's like totally obvious and I'm missing it. And probably is. But so in the meantime, I'll just make another tequila sunrise. So what would motivate Claudia to kill Cecil at this point? Because she already had the the reveal of her prostitution an episode or two ago. And it th- or is it this at this point she has nothing left to live for because like she thinks that everybody's dead. So. I think it's a combination of not having anything left to live for and blaming him for wasting her time. Like she could have gone in some other avenue to try to find her family. Cause yeah, he's not responsible for this Jeep that overturned or whatever is the cause of presumed death. I mean, I guess it's just because she sold out her her um, integrity in some way, and she doesn't even get what she wanted in the end, which was oh, you know, well, Matthew and Lindsay. Well, it seemed like she kind of liked banging Jeff, so I don't think she felt violated in that Well, way. okay, so we can take Matthew out of the equation, but at least Lindsay, I guess, like she was, you know, that's the whole point of that dream. Oh, well, that is the point of that dream, because then it was also Cecil was the one with young Lindsay on the mountaintop and her, you know, maniacal disillusion that she was having with, you know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah. So I guess maybe that's why the, maybe the writers are trying to set up a thing where that's why she's really after Cecil for this. Like, well, yeah. Cause she shot at him in the dream and now she wants to go shoot him in reality. That's what I mean. Like, so I guess I just, I'm well, okay. So there's your obvious moment. So I just, I just need to shut up and let you talk. But I think it's really interesting that Crystal has sort of taken this on, you know, Blake is still dealing with this Rhinewood thing. So he sets up a meeting. He has to pay. Oh, I love, I love this, this Logan Rhinewood thing. That's been like stewing in the background, this whole uh, The payoff better be huge. Cause the paternity was not. And Sammy Joe's disappearance was not a payoff. So Logan Rhinewood better fucking be, you know, Alf. Yeah, so it better fucking be big. But anyway, Blake is flying to Vegas to meet with him again because apparently that's the only place that Logan Rhinewood does business. And Crystal takes it upon herself to try to help Claudia and comfort her. And I think they're all just really worried about getting sued when Claudia eventually offs herself. A lady, a gun, and a trench coat the recipe for any great soap opera moment don't you think yeah well and doesn't everybody know not to fight with a gun like that like waving it around in the air no we were still trying to learn that lesson in 1982 i think so they were still getting some mileage out of that plot device look the carringtons are rich just buy claudia blaisdell a gun cabinet so anyway whatever but i also like uh crystal's magical entrance into 
Claudia's apartment. Oh, the I door, thought the, the doorbell was broken. broken. I, I rang the doorbell, but it must be broken. What are you doing here? I just wanted to be with you. I don't need you to be with me, and I don't need you to be worried about me. Like I'm going to start using it. I'm just going to bust into people's places. Like, oh, I thought the doorbell was broken. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, we'll see what happens. We get the soapiest of soapy endings with Dr. Nick Tortellini walking in saying, oh, my God, I can't believe it. You know, instead of rushing to help whoever got shot or had their eyes scratched out. Well, and this is information control. The camera's not going to show you what he's so shocked about. Well, of course not, honey. You got to watch next week. That's right. Well, let's take a break and get into our Lurk of the Week. Well, Kyler, this was no way to start off the new year. There was like hardly any fashions in this episode. Everything was so drab, didn't you think? Uh, yeah, I, I think there's one reason in some ways for that, but also I definitely had a look. I had a look too, but that was it. Like there were, I literally didn't consider anything else. I possibly was going to give look of the week to that horse, uh, princess or whatever its name is now a horse is a look honey you got them them shoes and you got that mane that blowout and fetlock what's a fetlock i think it's that tuft of hair behind the hoof oh yeah i learned that from balderdash you made it up uh there's something interesting i noticed especially in this episode oh you have you protest over there no go on no you're gonna judge them past judgment no go on okay uh, i'll start with an anti look of the week which i know is a cheap shot but it, i really love heather locklear and the harvey weinstein photo shoot where she's in the french cut bikini atop you know a, Ooh la la. some astroturf yeah uh, this is a very er- very early instance of a classic look from the 80s which is you know the, the very high cut bikini and and it's in like your typical like solid bright primary color and i don't know if this is just like a i i was getting the impression like oh this is a photography studio in hollywood so everybody's like a couple years ahead of fashion maybe i don't know and probably you know taking it too far but anyway so that was like interesting to see uh, because I think the last time we saw a bikini on this show was only three or five episodes ago but it was your typical low cut more like 70s looking thing my look look of the week was alexis at lunch with yeah, this Cecil. is mine too i mean it's kind of an obvious one i mean you know you've got the bugle bead epaulette you know shoulder detail uh you know the more of the grecian draping thing going on yeah it was really all about the shoulder detail it was almost like sci-fi it looked like she could have been on the starship enterprise well you know i got the impression that like you know she went to bergdorf and they had the bugle bead, you know, section. And you could either get like the full gown, but it was gonna probably cost about eight or ten thousand dollars. But you could get like just the nice tasteful daytime with just the shoulder bugle beads. And that would only put you back but about But what 2, I really liked bucks. about it was the sort of graphical element of it. And that's why it sort of read to me as you know, retro futuristic. And I think she's recycling that um that clamshell literally literally looking that gold, gold monodier, yeah. yeah, that she had on the the lunch table. And her blowout was perfection. I couldn't really listen to the words that were coming out of her and Cecil's mouth because I just kept thinking 
Ugh, what products did she use? Fat. Who's her stylist? Mm-hmm. And how long did she sit in front of that blow dryer, honey? But yeah, yeah, it wasn't wasn't a great episode for Lurks. Like Claudia's depressed. Fallon is sort of getting over her postpartum depression. So they sort of tried. Crystal was just serving up more of the same. So well, there's a there there was a thing sort of going on with clothes here that I think reflects something interesting from the '80s, which is. Um, there is a, a, a scene sort of early in the episode where Crystal is in this another one of her, you know, drapey blouses, but it's got that like pigeon breasted looking like Edwardian thing where it looks like you have like sort of big boobs, but they hang way down to your stomach. And like she has the updo, like very Gibson girl looking, right? But then also like uh, what uh, Jeff has like, got his like his Princeton prep school look with like that. He did have a he did have a green, sexy I don't know blazer, if corduroy or yeah. velvet with the elbow patches, but the manch- the matching uh, khaki pants and the leather and webbing belt, and it's all this very like sort of like I don't know uh, prep school English countryside kind of look. Which was a very big deal in the eighties, and pretty it was a sure. symbol of like wealth and class distinction. So I think you're seeing that here in some of the clothes, which are very boring. I mean, that's I mean, maybe maybe we have Ralph Lauren to sort of like blame for some of it, but I don't know. I'm pretty sure I saw somebody during the Rose Bowl parade in a color guard wearing Crystal's blouse. <laughs> Well, and that does it for another episode of Dynasty as They Wanna Be. Where can people find us on social media, Kyler? On all the places. Insta, Twit, whatever, all those things. We love the you, socials. Do you even know what any of them are? <laughs> I feel like you don't. No, I'm making fun of you making fun of me. Sorry. <laughs> do your spiel. Come on. No, I like that. But you're right. We're on all the places at Nasty Podcast. That's N-A-S-T-Y Podcast. Keep a lookout there because I will let everybody know when I post the bonus episode featuring Dame Joan Collins. Follow us there and I'll let you know all about it. And we'll see you here again next week when we talk about the episode, The Fragment. 